and a good day. Thank you for joining us at Touch of God. My name is Catrice, and this week we are continuing where we left off. Uh, Last week we were looking at part seven of looking at the end times. This week we're examining part eight of the same message, looking at the end times. So to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered are all actions of accomplishing something that seems to be obtained and has a learning process to them. Everything I am about to mention is not including all the items in the word of God that you need to know, but rather a highlight of some things that will help you on your journey or in this process. So the last time we were looking at different processes that in life in general occur so that you can get from point A to point B to point C. Like a basic process would be you, as a baby, you have to crawl before you can stand, before you can walk. There's a natural evolution, and as you're crawling, you're getting muscles, and then as you're standing, you're fortifying those muscles, and all of those steps, literal steps, line up to you walking. And so it's a process. And so the last time we were talking about the process of getting a driver's license and then how this relates to our healing, our salvation, our deliverance, and knowing the process that surrounds that, being educated and being knowledgeable. So the different perspective that we were looking at was getting your driver's license and following the rule book and reading the fine print to achieve getting a license. Everything you are wanting to learn about has a manual, a handbook, a textbook to guide you in what you were learning. So for us believers, the Bible is our handbook, our textbook to guide us in the things that we are trying to learn and to have more knowledge about and to understand and to have wisdom for. So salvation, remain in Christ so your fruit will remain. Isn't that interesting? So in John 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. So right here, we see that an important piece to this is abiding and remaining in Christ so that your fruit can remain. So that's interesting. So if you're wanting your fruit to remain, you have to abide. And so that means that if you're not abiding in Christ, you have to continue to go back to Christ and to God and to the Holy Spirit and have a relationship. And if you're not doing that, Clearly, in John 15, verse 16, if you're not doing that, your fruit is not going to remain. So think about that. That's really interesting. So it doesn't say that you're not given the fruit. So if we think about it in reference to the healing, the deliverance, and the salvation, all of those things were given to you and they were not taken away. But if you're wanting to continue to walk in that, you have to remain. We're we're seeing this in these verses. So John 15, verse 17 says, this is what I command you, that you love one another. So we're being given commandments. So if you become saved, you need to make Jesus your Lord. 
so that you can remain in him and walk in the ways Jesus did. As he is, so are we in this world. First John 4, verse 16. And if you're reading along with us, we like to read in the Amplified Classic. So First John 4, verse 16. And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of, by observation and by experience, and believe, adhere to, and put faith in, and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love, dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. So we're seeing already that if we're wanting to continue in the things of the Lord, we have to dwell and continue in him and dwell and continue in love. And him is Jesus and him is God, right? We have to continue to remain in them because God is love. So we have to be walking in the love of Jesus Christ. So 1 John 4, verse 17, in this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him, because as he is, so are we in this world. So if it's saying, as he is, so are we in this world, it's saying God is love. So then we are to be love in this world because as he is, so are we. We are to continue to walk in that. In order to remain in Christ, we have to continue to walk in love. So healing and deliverance, you have received your healing from the Lord, but do not return back to the ways of your unsaved lives. An example of that. Let's say you get healed and delivered from drinking, but then after you're completely healed, the taste, the desire of it all completely goes away. You get around the wrong people and they make you think you want to drink again and you slowly start to drink again. That's returning back to the same thing that you were delivered. And the last time we mentioned this verse, it's Second Peter 2, verse 20 to 22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the full personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they again become entangled in them and are overcome. Their last condition is worse for them than the first. Verse 21, for never to have obtained a full personal knowledge of the knowledge of righteousness would have been better for them than having obtained such knowledge to turn back from the holy commandment which was verbally delivered to them. Verse 22, there has befallen them the thing spoken of in true proverb, the dog turned back to his own vomit, and the sow is washed only to wallow again in the mire. So that's another thing that just pertains that if you have received your healing, you've received salvation, you've received deliverance, but you need to have learned from that process so that you can continue forward and to continue to build on top of that. Now that you've been freed, what are you going to do with your freedom? And God does not want us to turn back to the things that we've been delivered from because we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So we don't want to return back to the kingdom of darkness. Go with me to Luke 11 verse 24. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it roams through the waterless places 
in search of a place of rest, release, refreshment, ease, and finding none, it says, I will go back to my house from which I came. So in this sentence, it's house. If you were delivered, let's say from drinking, and that spirit, that unclean spirit was delivered from you, it it wants to go back to you. It's calling you its home and it wants to go back to you and continue to dwell there if it finds that you haven't changed and that you're you're still unclean. So think about that. If you just received your healing, your deliverance, salvation, behold, all things are new, but then you turn around and you go back to the very thing that you were delivered from, those things that you were delivered from can turn back around to see, are you walking in the newness that God gave you? Or have you returned back like a dog to its vomit? Have you returned back to the things that you needed deliverance from? So Luke 11, verse 25, and when it arrives, it finds the place swept and put in order and furnished and decorated. Verse 26, and it goes and brings other spirits, seven of them more evil than itself. And they enter in, settle down and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So if you're here and you're wondering, okay, what's going on? I went to the people that were in the church. They're supposed to believe. Why does it seem like I'm not healed? God gave you your healing. You got your healing. But if you open another door and you let demons in, then this is a whole nother thing because you received your healing. You received deliverance. You are saved. You were saved, but we have to walk in it. We have to noun as Jesus is. So are we in this world. So we need to walk as we're learning and understanding that he walked. And we can see here that if that's something that you are not doing, those spirits are looking for a place to come back to. If you're still drinking after being delivered from drinking and you go back and you're hanging out with the same friends, you didn't change your life, you're going back to the same spots you used to go out to on Friday, Saturday night, and you haven't changed your behavior, you haven't changed the nature and the character of who you are, you're still looking and wanting to do the same things and having those same desires and hanging around the same people, well, then that's where those demons feel comfortable. And so they're going to come back to where they feel comfortable. So we want to think about seriously before we become saved, healed, and delivered, that it's a good thing to become, but are you really giving your life over to Jesus Christ? Have you really made Jesus your Lord and Savior, or are you doing it for family members who are just wanting you to come to church? Are you doing it because you see Jesus as a vending machine, as an ATM that can deliver some service if you just say whatever you want to say and not really think about the repercussions. This is something that people deal with, that they thought that they were ready, but then when they go back home and they have to live real life, what are they doing to walk in this new life, this new change? You have to get in the new environment. You have to get new friends, people who aren't wanting you to go out and to drink and, and to do drugs and, and whatever else it was that you were doing before. You have to desire the new thing, the new creation, the new man that God has made you. So in the Bible, 
we need to read the fine print to inform us of the things that will help us to continue in a life of Christ. So we're reading this because this is so important. During these end times, people need to understand that just because you said some words at an altar or you allowed someone to pray for you, what are you going to do? What is the role that you are going to do to now walk in Christ and to allow Jesus to truly be your Lord and Savior? So we want to look at that. Jesus must be your only Lord and Savior It's no longer you who live, but Christ that lives in you. So it's not your will, but it's God's will that will be accomplished. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. In by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Verse 21, therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace unmerited favor of God. For its justification, righteousness, acquittal from guilt comes through observing the ritual of the law. Then Christ, the Messiah, died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain. His death was then wholly superfluous. So we don't want what God has done, sending his son here to pay a price for us to be done in vain, that God is giving us grace and time to change. But we need to change and the opportunity to be freed from our sins, to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered is a gift. It's a gift of God that we have to receive. And when we receive something in your heart, you're saying, yes, I want this. I want this in my life. When you take a gift, you're saying, yes, I want this in my life. So apart from God, you can do nothing. If you are saved, healed, and delivered, you must remain in Christ. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So if you went to the church and you became healed, delivered, saved, you became set free, and then literally as you left the church, you are cursing someone out in traffic, you're going to go out and party, you're going to drink, you're maybe going to do drugs, hang out with the same people, repeat the same sin, then you are not remaining in Christ because you have now stepped out of Christ. You are not in vital union with him. You are apart from Christ because the very thing that you were delivered from, you've gone back to. And so that would be apart from Christ. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's immoral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words. He must be satisfied whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. So an example of this is 
I have prayed for individuals and God worked through us and they were either healed, they were delivered or they're set free. But immediately they go to say, oh, well, you know, my family is cursed and will always be this way. Well, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you are speaking that over yourself after you just received the freedom, the free gift of God that he gave you, then you might want to think about what you are speaking over yourself because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But if you're the weapon formed against yourself, then these are the things that you want to begin to change, what you're speaking over yourself. If you're putting yourself down, if you're saying negative things, even if you're looking in the mirror and you don't like yourself or you're thinking certain things about yourself, these are things that your nature and your very characteristics have to change, but your mind has to be renewed. After you receive your healing and salvation and deliverance, do not say, I am not healed, I am not saved, or I am cursed. What God has blessed, no man can curse. Numbers 23, verse 8. Balaam took up his figurative speech and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, come, curse Jacob for me, and come violently denounce Israel. And so the response to that was, how can I curse those God has not cursed? Or how can I violently denounce those the Lord has not denounced? So if God has not denounced you or cursed you, this man who was told to speak against Jacob to curse him, he was not going to do it because this man was for God. So understand that God doesn't want you to be cursed. And if God has blessed you, his intention is not for you to be cursed. So let's walk in, live in the things of the Lord, create a life and atmosphere for the Lord. Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable. Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Verse nine, practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. So this is Jesus speaking and model your way of living on it and God of peace, of untroubled undisturbed well-being will be with you. Wow, that's awesome. So if we meditate on the things of the Lord and we learn and we understand by reading his manual, right? Just like in the driver's license book, if you want to learn how to drive, you're going to read the manual. So when we read God's manual, which is the Bible, he's going to teach us the ways in which we need to walk. Because remember, in order for our fruit to remain, we have to remain in Christ in John 15. But if we're not remaining in Christ, walking in his ways, then we are apart from him and our fruit won't remain. So that's not what we want. We want to remain in Christ and feel confident. Of course, we have to crawl before we can stand, before we can walk. But by remaining in Christ, you're like in a classroom that lasts for a lifetime of training. You just get better and better. It's an amazing thing. So Proverbs 23, verse 7 For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As one who reckons, he says to you, eat and drink 
yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cost. So as you think in your heart, so are you. So be sure to even try to clean up your heart. One thing I would always do would be, I believe it's Psalms 51, create in me a clean heart and clean hands and a clean mind. You want to go in and you want to look at that and meditate on those things, just like we were talking about in Philippians 4, verse 8, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is pure, we want to meditate on these things. So there is a process. This next one is incline your ears to his sayings, for it is life to all who hear it and health to their flesh. So we want to incline our ears to everything that the Lord is saying because it is wisdom. And I know a popular verse is my people perish because of lack of wisdom or lack of knowledge. We don't want to perish during these end times because of lack of wisdom and because of lack of knowledge. So I am hoping that this has shed some light on some of the things that perhaps if you didn't remain in Christ and continue to read his word and continue to dwell in the Father that you could have been missing out on. And it gives you a whole nother perspective that if you went home and let's say you did get healed, you did get your healing, and you're wondering, well, what's going on now? We need to remain in Christ, right? So I urge you to continue to read your word, to continue to stay in a group or stay in a Bible study where you can get fed. And if there's a place that you just feel like you're not getting fed or you started to get fed there and then it's not the same, well, I encourage you to always go where you're being fed. And it will be a community because you'll know you're getting fed because the desires of your heart will start to become answered because God is always going to put you in a place where you're learning or you're teaching. So you will constantly be in a community and it will be give and take. If you can find that community, you can find the right place that is where God says you're supposed to be. Always pray about it. And I hope that your eyes have been open, your hearts have been open. Maybe some of you who have heard this and you thought God had abandoned you, just know God will never leave or forsake you. His love will endure forever. And I implore you to go read Hebrews 13, verse 5, because that literally, I don't have it in front of me, but it generally says he will never leave you. He will not abandon you without support. He will help you. We have to keep in mind what we're thinking and just be slow to speak, be slow to anger, because we don't know what's going on and you can't lose your healing or deliverance or salvation, but most certainly you can be under a new attack because of a new doorway that you open and another way of looking at it as you're opening yourself up to something that's not good. So an example, if you're in an area of town and you know, okay, if I stay on this area of town, I know that it's safe. But if I go into a certain area, that area is not good. So when you go and you do something, you're bringing yourself to be exposed to certain things you would not be exposed to and which brings another attack upon you. Something not good can happen, but it's because of a bad choice. So I urge you, choose this day whom you're serving, 
Look around, see who you're around, who's pouring into you. If you are now saved, guard your heart and mind in Christ. Know that your goal is to meditate on the things of the Lord. And so if people are around you or you're in an atmosphere where it's not necessarily those things, you have to make changes in your life to close that door so other attacks or other things won't come upon you and make you feel like your soul is not prospering, right? Because we prosper as our souls prosper. And so God wants you to prosper. So God, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just once again, giving us something to chew on, Lord, giving us something to just think about in your kingdom, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that anyone who was just thinking a certain way, they're not delivered, that they can meditate on this and go to you and ask for forgiveness, that they thought it was one way, but now as they have rededicated their lives back to Christ, that they can make different plans for their lives but plans that are filled with your wisdom and understanding so that they won't perish for lack of knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for just keeping your children, keeping your people in a safe place. Keep them safe from any storm. No evil shall come by their dwelling place in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for just keeping them safe, the people around them safe, and everyone who is within the sound of my voice. Peace be still in Jesus' name. May God never leave you or forsake you, and his love endures forever. Remain in him. Thank you, Lord, for just giving them peace during this storm. Help them to just meditate on your word and continue to speak. No evil shall come by my dwelling place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Amen. All right. If you would like to become a partner, our website is tog.world, touchofgod.world. You can also submit a prayer request there, and you can also get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you and tell us about your testimonies. So until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.